0: Welcome to Life Beat. Right to Life of Michigan's bi-weekly podcast going in-depth on pro-life news and issues. I'm your host, Chris Gast, RLM's Director of Communication and Education. Happy Friday, everybody. Today's feature, we're going to look at Planned Parenthood's most recent annual report and how they cook the books, how they fudge their numbers to manufacture talking points. Uh, First, let's get into a couple news stories in the past two weeks. Our Choose Life plate bill. Uh, to create a choose life license plate in the state of Michigan is on the desk of the governor, or should be on the desk uh, very shortly. There was a little uh, delay between the legislature approving the bill and then it being actually presented to the governor. Uh, as soon as the bill is on the governor's desk, he has two weeks to sign it, and we don't know what he's going to do. So, uh, on our website, we encourage people: if you haven't already, please call the governor. Uh, you can call his office at five one seven. His office staff is very nice. You just give him a simple message. Please sign the Choose Life license plate. A very encouraging message and we would appreciate it. A lot of people are already excited thinking that because the House and the Senate have passed it, that the governor is going to sign it. A lot of uh, political pundits might expect that he would sign it too. Of all the pro-life issues to... uh, issue a veto on why would it be something as simple as a license plate that from a perspective of abortion policy really doesn't change uh, legality of abortion in any way uh, the bills primary function of course is people want it so that they can show their support for uh... you know, you know the unborn child but also too it would help provide uh... some funding to pregnancy centers and uh, other pregnancy help initiatives. Also, our bill uh, its kind of unique in the nation. Many other states, a majority of states, already have Choose Life license plates. But we would have a bill, and be the only one in the nation, that would provide funding for suicide prevention. Because, of course, euthanasia, physician-assisted suicide, are issues that we get involved in. And so that's something that we included in there as well. A lot of people are already thinking that you know it's going to be happening. Uh, already getting some questions. When can I get my license plate? Well, you gotta you gotta hold the phone. First of all, the governor has to sign it, and we're not sure what he's going to do yet. If he does sign it, then uh, it's going to take at least nine months. Uh, it's going to be into 2018 before the process uh, unfolds. They have to we have to design the plate. We have to print it. Um, we don't print it. It gets manufactured, shipped out. People can then have it as an option in the Secretary of State's office, Uh, so it'll be quite the process, but we'll keep you informed at every step of the way. In other news, Gallup released their annual poll on abortion a few days ago. Every year, Gallup asks uh, essentially the same questions when it comes to abortion, and that's what makes them a very excellent poll to follow because they've asked it for so many years. Uh, It's useful to get a very big picture look at where the trend is going. And actually in Gallup's poll recently, the trend is there's been no great change in the issue of abortion. In their most recent poll uh, 54% of Americans said that they want to restrict abortion uh, in some way, generally. Uh, When you look at it, uh, they ask a very interesting question a lot of polling companies don't ask. And that is uh, not only do you think abortion should be legal, illegal, they break it down into do you think abortion should always be legal should mostly be legal should mostly be e- illegal or always illegal now um, you'd think that you know always illegal would be where we come down, but obviously when it comes to abortion. Uh, law laws have always had an exception for the life of the mother because uh, life of the mother, life of the child are both equal, they're both uh, equal human persons in light of the law and the law can't be biased towards one or the other. And so we would actually come down uh, in the area of that Gallup poll as mostly illegal. And those categories aren't well defined. And again, people are kind of confused about where abortion law is, which we'll get into in a, in a second briefly. But The important top-line result is 54% of Americans, it's a majority, want all or most abortions to be illegal. And a plurality, I think that abortion is morally wrong. 49% said abortion is morally wrong. 43% said it's morally acceptable. Uh, As far as the difference between men and women, uh, slightly more men said they were pro-life, 48%, than women Uh, 43% kind of reverses a little bit when it comes to the issue of the morality of abortion. 49% of women say abortion is morally wrong and then 48% of men say abortion is morally wrong. So some slight variations there, but generally men and women are not very different on the issue of abortion. And of course, looking at any abortion poll, the the real uh, thing that stands out when you look at a level deeper is people don't support Roe v. Wade. At all. In the Gallup poll, only 29% of Americans said abortion should always be legal. Legal in all circumstances. And that's what Roe v. Wade did. Made abortion on demand legal through all nine months of pregnancy. Roe v. Wade plus Doe versus Bolton. And so in the Gallup poll, uh, they sometimes ask about Roe v. Wade too. And a majority of Americans say, well, we shouldn't overturn Roe v. Wade. But that's not because they actually support what Roe v. Wade says. Uh, They've been fed a caricature of the decision by media, by the abortion industry, and and that's what they believe, that Roe v. Wade only legalized abortion in, say, the first trimester for only uh, certain very grave uh, issues. But that's not the case at all. Abortion is legal in the United States up till the point of birth for any reason whatsoever. And, once again, the Gallup poll shows a majority of Americans reject that. Another piece of news uh, not too much of a uh, you know a story that we really should spend a lot of time on simply because uh, you know it doesn't really matter um, Planned Parenthood and some other allied organizations held a press conference uh, this week announcing a package of bills to uh, basically make Michigan the wild west of the culture of death on the issue of abortion. Now, the reason it doesn't really matter is because these bills have no chance of passing. As we said, I mean, just recently, um, you know, they've passed, you know, they've introduced these package of bills every year, uh, every two years for every session. that never go anywhere. Nothing ever happens. We just talked about the Gallup poll. Majority of Americans uh, don't agree with them. It's a very small percentage, 29%, who would agree generally with what these bills say. Um and you know they so they have the press conference and they get media coverage, but you know, why would the media cover it? Um nothing ever happens. It's it's boilerplate legislation basically. Uh it it doesn't it's not gonna do anything. It's just a it's just a talking point that will garner a few media hits and then it'll be forgotten because it won't even hear, have a committee hearing. Because these provisions in the bill are incredibly unpopular, uh, let's go through them. Go, excuse me, go through them really quick, and and you'll see why uh, this thing has no chance of passing. One of the bills would eliminate the 24-hour waiting period before abortions. Another one would repeal our abortion insurance opt-out act, forcing Michigan taxpayers to fund abortions. Another one is uh very vague it's kind of talking about our informed consent legislation but it would also it has this provision that a medical service that is um evidence-based and appropriate for a patient can't be prohibited in Michigan that's very easily interpreted as saying for example partial birth partial birth abortions can't be um prohibited in Michigan and so um legalizing partial birth abortion extremely unpopular Another bill would uh, formally legalize abortion past the point of viability in Michigan. Abortion is technically uh, illegal in Michigan past the point of viability, but of course that health exception means any doctor that cooks up a health exception uh, can ha- perform a second or third, uh, late, uh, late, late in the second trimester or third trimester abortion in Michigan. They want to completely, formally legalize that. They also want to uh, make sure that any state regulations... Now listen to this. Any state regulations that could force an abortion clinic to close uh, can't be enforced in the state of Michigan. And if they are, those state officials can be sued. Well, the point of a regulation is if you violate it, you could either be fined or closed. So essentially, they're gutting every single health code, uh, every single safety... Regulation possible for the abortion industry? They can do whatever they want. Kermit Godsnell, go ahead, operate in Michigan. That's what that says. Uh, another bill would, uh, and then one other bill would force hospitals to form abortions in Michigan. Recently, they've been trying to, through the courts, to force Catholic medical facilities to provide abortions uh, because it's, you know, abortion at any cost. Everyone must be made to kiss the ring of abortion. And so uh, we just bring up these bills simply to mention that, um, you know, this really gives an indication of where they stand in the issue of abortion. Abortion completely unregulated, abortion up to little and including with partial birth abortion, the birth process. Um, and, uh, you know, they just do this to get some media attention. It's kind of interesting this year. They didn't, um, I only heard about it because a, a reporter called me and said, do you have a reaction to it? Um, they didn't put a press release out explaining what the legislation was. They didn't really do that in the press release. Um, they didn't really get a lot of traction in the media this year, actually. So it's you know I'm complaining about you know media attention to it, but it really didn't get a lot of attention, nor should it, um, because when we introduce a bill and we don't make a big uh, media scene of it, because uh, you know we're not sure if this bill is going to pass now, or sometimes it takes us ten years to get a bill passed, and so. Uh, you know, we we make we make news uh, when news is actually happening. So when a bill is being presented to the governor, for example, with the choose life plate, we issued a press release and uh, we want the media to cover that because that is legitimate news. Um, you know, Planned Parenthood introducing a bill that will never see the light of day and will never pass in the state—that's not news. All right, let's talk about our feature of the day, Planned Parenthood's annual report and how they cook the books, how they fudge their own numbers to manufacture a media narrative. Uh, before we get into the details of that, let's just go through some top-line numbers in the report just to give you an idea of uh, any major changes. Their total income as an organization in the last year, 2015 to 2016, was one3 uh, billion dollars, 100. Uh, that's one billion three hundred fifty-four million to be exact. That's up about sixty million from the previous year. Their tax dollars uh, increased slightly, went from five hundred fifty-three million in 2014-2015 uh, to five hundred fifty-four million. So that's basically forty-one percent of their income comes from you, the taxpayers. The amount of abortions uh, increased slightly. They did uh, 300, almost 324,000 last year. This uh, 2015, the most recent year with numbers, it's 328,348 abortions, nearly a third of a million. That's a lot, a lot of life lost there. Uh, their abortion referrals continue to be laughably small. They did two thousand eight hundred eighty-nine, ado- excuse me, adoption referrals, not abortion referrals, uh, um, un- just under three thousand adoption referrals, compared to over three hundred thousand abortions. And so, uh, again, pictures that we get from this is uh, they make a ton of money. Actually, they're operating uh, their profit, their income in excess of expenditures, as a nonprofit has to call it, was $77.5 million in 2015 to 2016. Uh, Of course, that money has to be uh, reinvested back into the organization because it is not a for-profit business with shareholders. But you start to look at some of those salary staff, uh, so those uh, staff salaries, especially Cecile Richards' salary in recent years, and they certainly benefit from the increased funding that their organization has received. Now, cooking the books. Every year, Planned Parenthood has the same talking point that they um, only provide. Uh, only 3% three percent of their services are abortions. And that's a talking point that they use all the time. Of course, they're trying to downplay the fact that they are the nation's largest abortion provider. They provide more than a third of all the abortions in the country. When you compare that to the amount of other health services they provide, uh, they are just a tiny subset of the entire uh, medical market in terms of other services they provide now if you look over the years and this is a great thing about working with a pro-life organization is only in the last uh, Planned Parenthood only lists the last few years of their annual reports online but we have paper copies of their annual reports going back many many years I have a spreadsheet I have open on my computer right now going back to 1997 where you can track all these numbers down the line very simply And so, when you look at these numbers, it gives you a very clear picture of their organization as a whole. And their services, overall services and clients, have been declining. They've been declining since Cecile Richards took the helm about 10 years ago. And while their other health services have been declining, their abortions have been increasing, right along with the taxpayer funding. And the increases have been very stark. Now we've made the case uh, last year and this year that uh, just based on those numbers, uh, the the basic assumption should be that Planned Parenthood uses those taxpayer dollars to increase their abortion services. How can Planned Parenthood have continually decreasing clients and decreasing health services that they tout so frequently while their tax funding is exploding? That doesn't make any sense. If their tax funding is simply for reimbursing the services they provide and that's their organization's model, then the tax dollars increasing dramatically. You ought to be seeing increases in their clients and health services. But that's just not the case. And so the real trick for them is if their services keep going down and their abortions keep going up, how is abortion still only 3% of their services? Well, they fake services. Uh, let's look, for example, just uh, you know, in the last ten years in Cecile Richards' uh, tenure. Uh, she became the CEO uh, about 2005-2006. Uh, then she took over, and so we'll start from there and, and going through. In those last in those last ten years, their uh, total income as an organization has increased by almost five hundred million dollars their taxpayer dollars have doubled almost from $305 million a year to $554 million a year. Now their total number of clients was at a high point uh, 10 years ago at 3.1 million clients. Now they're down to 2.4 million clients, and so they've cut uh, almost a third of their client base. Now you look at the number of women who have received con- contraception at Planned Parenthood, which of course is supposed to be their mission. That's why they were created. They're originally the American Birth Control League. Okay, uh, ten years ago, they had 2.4 million of their clients were women who had received contraception. Uh, today, less than two million. 1.9 million. Women receive contraception at their clinics, so over fewer, you know, 500,000 fewer women receive contraception. That's the main service that they're supposed to provide, and that's a drastic cut. Their breast exams have an even more drastic cut. In 2005, uh, 2006, they performed 840,000 breast exams. These, of course, are not mammograms; these are manual breast exams. Well. Those numbers were already declining, but they had a significant drop under Richard's tenure. Now they're down to 321,000 breast exams a year. That's a, again a drop of about 500,000 breast exams to go along with, uh, you know, about a 500,000 drop in contraception services, as well as a uh, you know 700,000 drop in clients. Uh, Their adoption referrals have stayed stagnant. Um, You know, they were never really great. Back in 97, they did almost 10,000 adoption referrals. But um, they've just dropped significantly and they've stayed in the basement since then. And, of course, when women go into Planned Parenthood, they already have abortion on their mind. Uh, You know, let's be frank. Everyone knows that's where you go to get an abortion. And so um, when they receive counseling there, it's not really counseling about parenting or options, it's about abortion. So how, if they get those numbers, do they keep that 3% statistic? Well, this year, they really had to work overtime to fudge those numbers. When you look at the total number of services they did, and you divide it by the number of abortions they provided, and again, Planned Parenthood counts uh, anything you do there is a service, and you can have one visit but multiple services. And so, the amount uh, they had 9.5 million services, and when you divide that by 328,000 abortions, you get 3.46% of their services. It's awfully close to having to round up to 4%. But they want to keep that talking point, they don't want to have to redo all their literature and have all their talking heads learn that four uh, percent talking point and so what do they do this year now if you look through all the years of Planned Parenthood uh, sometimes in their client numbers, their statistics uh, random new categories will pop up these categories weren't in there in previous years but in the annual report they don't say hey we're providing a new service they don't tout we've added this new service it's great it's wonderful um, so what they did before is they didn't, they weren't counting something as a service, and then one year when it becomes convenient, they start counting it as a service. Now in the past they've had a couple, you know, legitimate things that they've started counting as services. For example, for some reason they never used to include uh, the amount of sexually transmitted uh, disease tests as services, and then one year they just started counting it. That's kind of bizarre. Um, that's actually a legitimate health service but they didn't include that in their overall service figure um, maybe they were embarrassed maybe they didn't want that to be uh, part of their public profile um, but again they added that in um, and so they've added a couple legitimate things but they're out of that now and now they're just really faking numbers really poorly um, and yet we'll just go through a couple examples here um, So in the last, just the last year, they had 100,000 fewer clients, 73,000 fewer women receiving contraception, uh, 42,000 fewer breast exams, their prenatal services declined by 8,000, which they never did a lot of in the first place, and so they have to really make up those numbers. Now legitimately, in the last year, they did 25,000 more STI tests, and they did 22,000 more pap tests, but those numbers don't nearly make up for the incredible drops in services and so what they did is uh, suddenly this year we discover well women exams are part of their services well what's a well woman exam it's a breast exam and a pap test mainly with a couple other things and so before they were counting their breast exams and their pap tests and now they're counting just showing up for the the exam as a, as a well women exam and so you go for a well woman exam you get two services uh, and that they're counting that as three services now. And so those 226,000 well exams is a huge chunk. It still doesn't get them past that magic threshold. And so they invented a couple other things. Uh, this year there are 100,000 other contraceptive services. So their contraceptive clients declined by over 70,000. But mystically this year, 100,000 new services. What are those services? I don't know. Are they counting women who just are they counting women showing up to the clinic as a service? I don't know. This year they provided twenty six thousand other STI prevention and treatments. What are those? I don't know. Um, actually, if you just look at the STI numbers over the years, uh, those have been increasing. This is the only service really that has been increasing. Even though their clients have been decreasing, and actually, now this is just my guess. We don't know because they don't really provide these numbers to us in detail. Is that they're starting to count uh, STI tests, you know, as as an STI test, but also simple um, visual check during, say, in the abortion. Um, The physician just merely examining the woman is now a STI uh, prevention or treatment. And so I think they're fudging those numbers too. They also invented a new category of other diagnostic procedures. uh, And that was an additional 7,000 services. So you add up all these fake services that they added in there. And mysteriously, even though their clients are dropping, their services are increasing. Right along with their abortions, and that keeps them at three percent, and their talking point is secure. Um, you know, as we put in our article, Mark Twain uh, once wrote, "There are three kinds of lies: lies, damn lies, and statistics." Uh, I mean, the reality is, Planned Parenthood is performing more abortions. It's an increasing amount of their organization. If you actually do the numbers, fourteen percent of their clients receive abortions. They're dropping clients. They're dropping health services. All the health services they talk about, uh, you know, all the contraception they provide, all the breast exams they provide, are being slashed, while they increase their own budget, increase their taxpayer funding, and increase their abortions. Their three percent number is not just um, how it's reported. You know, and some media, even the Washington Post, has said, "Well, that number is kind of misleading," but that's not even a number that conveniently they can quote. They're manufacturing the number. They're deceiving people. And as we said, constant theme. The abortion industry, Planned Parenthood's main public relations model is deceiving their own supporters into spreading their talking points. They don't even want their own people to know the truth about their organization. And so, when you hear that number again, 3%, don't just... Debunk it by saying, well, if you actually divided out 14% of their clients' fee of abortion, say, no, that number is false. They invent numbers. They double count numbers. Those are fake numbers. Those aren't real numbers. Don't let the other side get away with it. And when the other side says, well, where are you getting those numbers? Just point them to their annual report. Say, go to the Rights Life of Michigan website. We break all this down. Any real legitimate reading of those statistics would indicate to anyone that, yeah, they're fudging the numbers. Any honest person ought to admit it. Alright, that's all the time we have for this week. Join us again in two weeks. Our feature is going to be uh, the story of Bob Tank. It's on our website now. It's a really sad, uh, really crazy story about hospitals and end-of-life care. Everyone really needs to be aware of it because that could be you someday. And we're going to address some two- issues in Bob's story legislatively, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful weekend.